You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. You know by now that I'm Jamie D'Amico, and he is Big Chris Newton. We come at you weekly with all the latest on the Buffalo Bills regarding the news, the games, the rumors, the stats. We got it all for you right here. And this week, we're talking about the tale of two halves, the unexpectedly challenging game that is going to be coming up against the New York Jets, Halloween, and... What I personally think about fans that did not grow up in Western New York, like Big Newt. Big Newt, how you doing, buddy? You need to stop. You what? need to stop right now. Unexpectedly hard. I mean, that game was easy street, man. Even when they cut it to 10, I did not worry at all about that game. No, 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 no. An unexpectedly, seemingly difficult game coming up against New York. Oh, I thought you meant this game. I thought you said it was unexpectedly challenging, like we should have whooped them. I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, maybe right. I said that wrong. Okay. But I'm, I'm not, no, no, no. not going to re-record it. So... No, no, no. No, that's fine. Don't. Don't. So, that's my fault. your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Green Bay, man. I was just like, <laughs> I was not worried at all about that game. But I digress, man. What's going on? Glad to be back on the airways this week after another convincing win over a, a team that's reeling a little bit. They done lost four in a row, but when they got that dude over there, he is him. That yeah. boy Aaron Rodgers, man, he made some plays, man. And so it was it was exactly what I want. I want to play teams with Hall of Fame players, and we beat them, and they, that Hall of Fame player be great, and everybody's watching. So it was fun night. Uh, Sunday night, it sucks waiting all day for the game, but it was fun. So it, it, it really was, and I'm with you. Even when they came within 10 points, it's like, forget it. No, the, the Bills have this. Even though – it seemed like they started packing it in a little bit early. Didn't it seem like that to you? It did uh, for a couple of reasons. I feel like we were running the ball early and often well. I believe first half, Devin Singletary had like 50 yards rushing. And I'm like, yeah. oh, he's going to have a 100-yard day. But then he winds up getting only a few more carries and finished with 67 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like Josh Allen started taking the, taking it more into his own hands running the ball. He finished with 49 yards rushing. Um, it would have felt better if we would have did it like scripted, where we jumped up on them, run the ball, uh, built the clock. It just didn't happen like that. And most of that is because Josh Allen, and some people don't want to hear the uh, sugar high Josh Allen, he made a bonehead play. Right. The second interception was just a bonehead play. But that's it's okay. He's still Josh Allen. Um, he has played great. He did not play great this game, and that's okay. We still won by double digits against a Packers team, so I'll, I'm cool with that. But yeah, if you if you say that he did not play a good second half, I will agree with that. Um, but as far as packing in, I don't know if we quit because the defense didn't look like it quit at all. Well, okay, defense- that, that's a good point. But let me ask you this question: Is this a game that the Buffalo Bills needed? Did they need to have a game where Josh Allen, at least for half the game, was not at his best? Yes, because that's going to happen during the year. Um, As far as needed, when you say needed, that makes me think, okay, we need this for some reason. Once again, man, you know what my mantra is. Good teams lose to bad teams all the time. All right? So... Mm -hmm. Like last night, Monday Night Football, we're recording uh, Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, and last night, Monday Night Football, the Browns walloped the uh, Bengals. Bengals was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. What is that? 
<laughs> I know. That, I mean, so that's that's what makes the NFL better than almost anything. Like it's better than college football from the fact that any given Sunday anybody can win or lose, right? And so, do we need? When you say, do we need it? I don't know if we necessarily need it. I just like beat beat the team. My my thing is, you always want to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. So yes, I like being number one in the East. I mean, not in the East. I'm sorry. Uh, I like being number one in the AFC. If we would have lost, mm-hmm. now we're down with the Titans and the Chiefs. Yeah, we might hold tiebreakers on. No, I want to keep that game lead. I want to keep a two-game lead over the Ravens. I want uh, the Jets lost. I want to maintain our lead in the AFC East. So I wouldn't necessarily say we need it from that standpoint. But, yes, the bright side is we could win by double digits when when our franchise guy does not necessarily like has to play out of body or unhumanly or something. So yeah, so I agree. Here maybe I what I need to do is rephrase it. Maybe the team didn't need it as much as I needed to see a game as a fan. As yeah. a fan. Yeah. Because it's the Josh Allen show week in and week out and they count on him doing superhuman things in order to get wins. But this game, let's face it, Josh Allen was pedestrian. He was 13 for 25. He threw two interceptions. His rating was 75.1. He did not have a good game. This was, for all intents and purposes, this was rookie Josh Allen. Well, I'm not going to say that because he still made some unbelievable plays. He made plays the first half. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Like that, that touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs was just beautiful Masterful. he looked off the safety yes it, it was that was a, a veteran play but his statistics were that of rookie josh allen right and i needed to see if the team could pull it off without him as i said being superhuman and we saw it yeah i agree man and like i said the first half he he put us in position to where we could have a bad half offensively and still win by double digits and i feel like the defense played well outside of the long touchdown to, um uh who was that was that the dobbs oh yeah or was that Tory? i think it was Dobbs. the long one where he yeah he it was a 62 yarder oh that was beautiful oh i had to shake aaron Rodgers' head no no no, like, no 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 it, it, it was Tory. it was the the 37 yarder Sorry. okay yeah, when he turned to the left and turned back to the right, I was like, that is masterful, boy. I was like, and I like that. I respect Aaron Rodgers as I do like Tom Brady, but mm-hmm. I want to beat those guys. And he shows why he's him. He shows why he's that dude. So I I have no problem with it. The long season, we're seven games in, got 10 games left. And this dude has played in the MVP level six and a half quarters of that. I mean, six and a half uh, games of that. So mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. We still won. And defense did their thing outside that catch. So I'm right. cool with it. Right. I You you wonder if that play happens if Micah Hyde is on the field. But, it you know, ifs and buts, right? Um, yeah. What it comes down to is if there was a pass rush on that play, the play probably doesn't happen because it was very slow developing. But it was. to their credit – they protected their quarterback, and oh man, when he lets the ball go, you know, even still, he remember that play where he threw the ball sixty yards in the air, and it wasn't a completion, but it was nice. That was beautiful, bro. That's why I'm like, man, this dude here, man, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I I just think that these Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to say they packed it in, but it seemed like they took the foot off the the gas a little bit in the second half. And the other thing is, I think the Packers came out and played far more physically than we saw in the first half. And I got to be honest, their defense looked good. Yeah, yeah. And Colin Carher talked about it yesterday. I know it was during the day, so a lot of you all don't get to see it. But Colin Carher led off his show with that, saying, is the Buffalo Bills physical enough? I mean, he felt like we got out physical uh, the second half yesterday. We wasn't physical enough. And in, in the football terms, that is like calling somebody a B.I. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's disrespectful, saying that you're finesse and not physical. 
and 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 he brought it into question. Now, some of it is I think he's just trying to get viewers and people to tune in. Um, what's the criticism he gonna say about the Bills? I can see that point of view. I just chalk it up to we just had a bad second half. I don't think it's oh we gotta worry or oh we gotta make changes per se. Um, but we're gonna get to that in a minute. But no, he he called us uh you know we're finesse like you no football player wants to be considered finesse. You want to be tough. I mean, us as men, we want to be tough. You don't want to be a finesse, you know, like some people take being metrosexual as an insult. You know, if you're a pretty boy, you know, you're metrosexual, you stay in the mirror morning, your wife or your girlfriend, and people take that as an insult. So Do people even players, use that word anymore? Well, I'm just saying, back in my day, they kind of did, oh, metrosexual. Well, yeah, in the early 2000s, I guess, right. which you know. described and continues to describe me well. I don't know what they say now. I don't go out often, so you know, <laughs> I'm around football dads and soccer moms all day. But uh, yeah, I mean, people used to call you that. So I just think um, we. I will just chalk it up. I will have to see more. I look at things in totality, just rather than in the moment. So I wouldn't say that. I just chalk it up to a bad half. We we have problems with the run game. We can't run when we want to. And so I feel like uh, Devin Singletary might have got stuffed one or two times, and then we just kind of abandoned the run. You know what I'm saying? We tried to give it Isaiah McKenzie on jet sweeps, and that really didn't work. Um, well, I did and- like I did like James Cook coming into the game. He had a couple of nice runs. So um, we know that that's our issue. We can't run the football when we want to, so I think that's just a product of it. We look well, like that. Well, again, it was the tale of two halves because the Bills averaged – 8.4 yards per rush in the first half Okay. by their running backs. The second half, they averaged negative one yard per carry. Mm-hmm. What the hell, man? Yeah. Now, you have, to, you have to assume that because the Bills were up big coming out of the half, Green Bay was keying on the run because they didn't want the Bills to run out the clock. Right. But at the same time, um. They kept running the ball and running it very effectively, I might add. Right. Which really shot themselves in the foot. And you saw that Von Miller was having a conversation with Aaron Rodgers on the field at one point. And they asked Von Miller what they were talking about. And he said, why aren't you guys passing the ball? Like, what are you doing? You're behind. Well, they figured that that's the way that they could – because they tried to pass on us and then it wasn't leading them anywhere. So they're like, okay, we're going to run the football. But us as fans watching on TV, like, okay, if you don't throw the ball, there's no way you're going to get back in this game. You're right. And so sometimes it's – sometimes is more – because I'm going to tell you, we we dealt with this one. Once again, I'm using my Pee Wee Foot Pop Warner references now. Last week at homecoming, we beat Louisa 38 nothing. Right. Well, once we jumped up quickly on them, they're trying to run the ball because they know they can't do anything else. And if anything, just milk the clock and let's get this over with. Mm-hmm. So Devon Miller is correct. He's like, there's no way you running the ball. Uh, Aaron Jones had 143 yards rushing. Dylan had 54. OK, you ran for 200 yards against us, but there's no way you're going to win. Well, okay, at least we can make this respectable. At least we can run the ball and keep the ball at Josh Allen and, and you all can quit scoring. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I felt it. I feel like, okay, just run the ball. That's fine. You can have gaudy rushing stats, and you could put a dent in our statistic, uh, defense statistics, but you're not going to win. And Leslie Frazier said it as much. They asked him about it in the postgame. How do you feel about them running? Like, okay, they ran y'all, but they didn't get no points, so we won. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a chess match. So you got to think, sometimes it ain't always about – I think they knew that they wasn't going to win this game. They wasn't supposed to win this game. They just wanted to, if anything, keep it close and maybe not. <laughs> we was 10 and a half point favorites, and then they only lost by 10. Maybe they looked at it as a victory. I don't know. But I didn't, when they was running the ball, I didn't feel anything. I'm like, okay, run the ball. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to have well, enough time. Okay. Speaking of that point spread, our good friend and loyal listener, at Stu McAllister on Twitter, who we've said in the past is a great Twitter follow. So you should definitely follow him at Stu McAllister. Well, he had a, he had a bet with one of his friends and gave them the 10 and a half points. And if, if the bills won and covered the spread, she had to eat a block of blue cheese, but (laughs) he lost. He had to eat a block of Limburger cheese because 
<laughs> the Bills won by 10, but look out for that half point hook in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, can you imagine having to eat that much cheese in one sitting, especially one that is stinky like that? You probably constipated, man. Shout out to that boy, Stu, man. Hit us up and tell us how how did it go, man? Because I saw um, that he was reaching out to us this weekend, and I chimed in a little bit, but I was busy. So how did he did he eat the cheese? He ate the cheese. Then how, did he say anything about it afterwards? He said things were still moving, but it did give him a headache. <laughs> <laughs> that boy, Stu. Shout out to Stu, man. That's awesome. Seriously. Oh, Seriously, that that's that's the kind of behavior I can get behind. Yeah, I know, right? You make good on your bets, right? Yeah, 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 man. You got to do it, man. Whatever bet, man, you got to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does feel like, it, I mean, I don't know. Did the Packers know that it was a 10 and a half point? We got to get within 10. I mean, I don't know. It felt like that. But you would like to think the sports is pure. But we talk about the lines all the time. Like, we're 13-point favorites over the Justice weekend. So, it makes me wonder. Not saying that people, you know, shave points. But it make you wonder, man. Do people know these things? It does make you wonder. And I think that they do know these things. And I, I do wonder. Well. Tim Donaghy. Yeah. That's all I have to say about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I do want to back up to something that you had spoken about moments ago, which was James Cook. He was surprisingly not on the field that often, but when he was, the dude was making plays. Do you know that the Bills averaged 12 and a half yards per play when he was on the field? Yeah. Now, yeah. some of that was padded by a 41-yard reception on a broken play, but... He looks smooth out there. Yeah, he did. He looks the part, man. And the interesting thing is, Zach Moss dressed for the game, didn't get a single carry. Not 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 even did he not get a carry. He didn't get a single snap. Not even on special teams. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like the writing's on the wall. I don't I can't say writing's on the wall. Let me not say that because we don't know what we're gonna do with Singletary, right? So do you let Singletary, we talked about it this summer, do we let him walk? Let's say the, the, the season continues as it is. Like, you know, nothing changes, right? Ceteris Paribus, right? Do we let do we let Devin Singletary walk, right? And then just roll next year with Zach Moss and uh, and the, young, the rookie. And I say no. I, I say what you do is try to find a better running back because it's going to be a big free agent class for backs. And I know you don't spend a lot of money on a running back on a second contract, but I think what they're going to end up doing is waiting for the dust to settle. At least one of those guys is going to be looking for a job and willing to take a little bit of a pay cut. I would love well, Singletary as a backup. Yeah. But he's probably going to make a little bit more than that. I, I would love to see a backfield of a Josh Jacobs, Devin Singletary, and James Cook. Like to me, that would make me happy. The downside is none of them contribute on special teams. Mm-hmm. Did you hear the uh, rumors this weekend? And we went after that. We inquired about Alvin Kamara. Yes, I did. And the New Orleans Saints wanted uh, what what the 49ers got for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Yeah. And isn't Kamara a free agent after the season or no? I, I, that I'm not sure about, but he did know. have a good game this weekend against the uh, Vegas Raiders. He did. Now, w- how much would you give up for an Alvin Kamara type? The same thing I said, just basically the same thing we said with Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I would not I would not have given up a second, third, fourth, fifth for Christian McCaffrey. No. And I'm not doing that for Kamara. If you could give me, I feel like you could get good players. Man. I feel like all these trades is going on now. We're going to talk a little bit more about Chicago, but I feel like all these good players they're only getting like fourth round picks. Like it's kind yep. of like it's kind of like with girls. Like you see guys getting these girls, and you're like you didn't do what you didn't. All you took was the McDonald's, and you got that. Like you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, how's all these other? I'm saying that to say, how's all these other teams bagging these girls, and they not giving up hardly nothing? But then when you come to us, you want to go to Ruth Chris. Like I don't understand that. Well, there's there's a sliding scale, <laughs> and it has to do with. Let's talk about the dating first. 
okay. If you're a good guy, good looking guy with a lot of charisma, you don't need to take them out to to a nice place. But if if you're me, you you got to take them out to like those Michelin starred restaurants. Like, if I were a super good-looking dude, that wouldn't be the case. Like, Taco Bell. Here, you, you want something? You, no, I'll tell you what. I'm going to order a burrito. We'll share it. You, you can have half my burrito, and I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a Coke. Something like that. Um, but when you're but when you're me, no, you are taking them out to that, like, prefixed meal where the, the servers are all dressed up, and the chef comes out and talks to you, and then they got to say, okay. All right. But then again, I also don't make that much money. Um, so then I have to figure out something to do on the back end to make up for that because I can't take them out to, to those types of dinners all the time. So it's sort of <laughs> the same way, but being good looking is the equivalent to having a uh, low dollar value contract in the NFL. So if you have a large contract, you're going to get traded for less you're less valuable on the trade market than a person on a rookie contract who they ask right. a lot more for. Right. So does does that make sense? No, it does. It makes perfect sense. I get it. So, <laughs> but I'm just saying. So we're bringing this back all back around. I'm sorry, y'all, if we lost you. Okay, we got these little inside. Jokes. In conclusion, yeah, right. I'm ugly. <laughs> I have to spend in restaurants. Newt is good looking. He takes them to like Applebee's. Man, please. your wife is beautiful and i've never seen you anything less than a nine eight nine man stop it but um i just don't because i picked good restaurants sorry (laughs) go ahead um i just don't understand why we can't luck up on those deals you know what i'm saying so it's because the bills don't have the salary cap space that's what it is if if the Bills had ten million in salary cap space, they'd drop a fourth and get a Pro Bowler. Got for teams that are desperate to get the money off the books. Yeah, but you see teams, and I had to get, and this is all coming from a place you all that Chicago. I had to call my friends in Chicago. Shout out to Chi Town. Uh, Stop the violence out there. It was a shooting this weekend. Two people on the west side but i digress um i call my friends in chicago and i'm like you all need to quit helping our competitors they traded they're trading away their best players and helping all the dudes that we're gonna have to probably see did you see roquan (laughs) uh smith got traded for like mcdonald's yesterday like he got traded to the ravens yeah for like what a fourth round he's not that good but he's better than a fourth rounder he was a first round pick. I know, but he hasn't quite lived up to that. He was—he was losing his starting job. Okay, and what about Robert Quinn? Yeah, that's going a toughie. To the, going to the Eagles. That—that—that's a toughie. <laughs> and we might have to see the Eagles in the Super. Bowl. I'm just saying, like, so now when I see those things, I see McCaffrey going. Did you see McCaffrey this weekend? He was good. Did you see him? It's Did you that, see him? that touchdown pass? He threw a pass, caught a pass, ran a ball, ran a ran a touchdown. He's only the second person to do that, with yeah. Ladanian Tomlinson being the other one. So with me saying that what I wouldn't do, I don't know. If that dude could come in and do that kind of stuff, shoot. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe you like Newt, you're crazy. Maybe I would. That dude played outstanding. And so now I'm playing devil's advocate now. Now I'm on the other side. I'm like, dude, I see all these dudes and I see people making moves and we're standing pat. And don't get me wrong, we're good. We're six and one. Should be seven and zero if we didn't play in 110 degree heat and everybody catching cramps. But I'm just half of me is like, man, just put all your chips on the table. F F tomorrow. F next week. Like I mean, next year. F in the future. Let's. Let's try to win this thing now. Do everything you can to win now. I get that. Because because if we don't win, now I'm going back to this pot and listen. Like, man, we should have did that McCaffrey trade. We should have gave up a first. We should have did it. I do you hear know, that. You're going to have regrets. So half of me is I'm the type of person who I never want to have regrets. Mm-hmm. I never want to have regrets. But I tell you, man. I believe in being, I do. He has equity with me. But if we somehow lose to the Chiefs again, 
And I'm going to think, hey, man, we should have went for Alvin Kamara. We should have did because we knew our rushing attack needed to be better. Clearly, the Bills need to be better at like four different positions. I'm going to say the offensive line, especially the interior offensive line, the guards, the Bills could improve upon. They they could improve on a running back, somebody who can really create stuff, create opportunities for themselves. You probably need safety depth. And mm, yeah, okay, let's let's say those three positions are really the ones that kind of stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I'm going to add a fourth slot receiver. This past game, the Bills targeted their slot receivers three times, one reception, eight yards. That's garbage. Right. So, yeah, w- would I would I take somebody at those positions? Yes, I I absolutely would. Is when you stand pat, you're you're gambling. Just like when you make a deal, you're gambling. To That's stand true. pat, you're gambling too. So we just gotta keep that in mind. And so please forgive us for our loyal listeners that say, "Hey, shut up! Hey, we're we're six and one. We don't want to hear this crap." You know, but it's our job to disseminate the information, man. It's it's our job. That's why we're here. We play devil's advocate sometimes. And I bring that up because uh, I know every day I listen to Howard and uh, Jeremy Show in the morning time. When I think about it, I need to get up and get on the treadmill. <sighs> sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But <laughs> I listen to Howard Jeremy, man. And yesterday it was this guy, I forget his name. So if you know this guy, I probably go back and listen to it because it's on the man. But he was go- he was a caller calling in. He was going off. He was like, "Why are y'all talking?" Because he was because they were talking about, uh, you know, the the trade deadline. Should we make a move? And he was like, "You know, I don't understand why people always talk about what we need. Just enjoy the ride. Just you know, don't we? What are you worried about? That just enjoy it." And he was like, "Well, it sounds like you talking to somebody specifically. Who is he?" He was like, "My dad." And because this dude's like thirty years old, right? And so I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, his dad probably knows better because he's seen this before. He's mm. seen this movie. You know, you better listen to the old wise man. And that's what we are. We're the old wise men. You know what I'm saying? So this kid, well, I don't care. He's like 30. But this young youngster, and I guess I could call him a youngster because I'm almost 50. You know, you haven't been through what we've been through. So, yeah, we're going to be skeptical. We're going to, you know, question things sometimes because we've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then there's injuries you have to worry about. So you always have to be concerned about depth. And you saw a major, a a major impact of an injury on the Bills' upcoming opponent, the New York Jets. Brees Hall went down. That offense fell apart, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's only because you can't rely on the QB yet. You can't you can't rely on uh, Wilson just yet, man. No, he's not ready. He's not ready to be that guy. So you took away probably their best offensive weapon. <sighs> Once again, like I already mentioned, we're thirteen point favorites. I feel like we're gonna roll this weekend just like we did last. So, um, and that's a division game, so that's important. It's gonna be in the Meadowlands. Uh, do you you intend on going up? What do you think? You no, I don't think I'm trip? going to. I I had to travel this past weekend. I think I want a weekend at home. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Once also, I just get... started a new job this week. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, I got to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed come Monday. You know, you got to got to make a good over. impression the first few months. You can't be coming in smelling like bourbon on Monday. Talking about <laughs> in New York for the Bills game. <laughs> well, I work from home, but still. <laughs> okay. Well, you can't be on your Zoom calls with baggy eyes, and right? Bloodshot right. eyes. And uh, even though I wear foundation. Um, which takes care of some of that. No, I don't really do that. I was about to say, do you really? No. <laughs> no. It wouldn't surprise you, though, would it? No, it would not. No. I, I think that would be funny, but no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> so Zach Wilson was 20 for 41, still put up 355 yards, but three interceptions. That's a toughie, isn't it? It is, man. It is. It is. So, And... Um, and, and with, I was going to say, Brees Hall looks like like he's good. And they were at running back. He was carrying their offense. Joe Flacco is probably at this point better than Zach Wilson, but I understand why they've got to play Wilson. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to start seeing the Jets come back to earth at this point. 
what I don't want to see is them get back on track against the Bills. But I think, again, it's one of those things where the the Bills' talent is just going to win out here. I agree. I agree. Uh, Zach Wilson, 355, two touchdowns, three picks. His uh, quarterback rating was 64%, right? QBR was 24, and Mac Jones' QBR wasn't much better, 34. He threw 194, one touchdown, one pick, um, 24 from 35 passing. So I don't think Mac Jones is going to beat us. I know Zach Wilson won't. But I was rooting. I watched some of that game uh, this weekend. I was definitely rooting for the Patriots because I'm more scared of the Jets and their defense than I am the Patriots. So I'm like, okay, if we win and get a little bit more distance so we can have an off weekend, it won't make a difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to go to New York. Um, we're going to go to the city, and then we're going to pounce them so we'll create more division. So, And then, I'm like I said, I'm not worried about uh, New England either. So I'm already looking for the following week, the Vikings game. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I am too. I I am too. That that one is going to be interesting. But in the meantime, a storyline that I'm looking forward to Sauce Gardner, who people are already saying is a top five cornerback in the league, and he hasn't even finished half, what is it? He's played half a season in the pros, and he's yes. already there in a lot of people's eyes. Yes. Against Stefan Diggs, one of the best route runners and receivers in the NFL. That's like the game within the game. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm really sort of excited to see how how this works out. Now, I know that I know that they're not going to be matched up one-on-one on every play. It's going to be interesting to see how the Bills are going to scheme digs open because they probably want to set it up so they can get Gardner off of him every once in a while. Do you think they're going to be chirping to each other like uh, Diggs and Alexander was this week? No, no, I don't think so. I, mm. I think that probably goes back a number of years. Mm, okay. And it, sometimes... I wish Diggs would quiet down a little bit, but I have to tell you, after that touchdown, when I, I would say the dude who was covering Diggs took a little bit of a cheap shot, pulling him down way after the catch, and Diggs wanted to go after him. I loved seeing Davis and McKenzie pull him away. It's like, no, you do not need a personal foul here. We're just gonna just gonna move you on over to the sideline, nice and calm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could be a drawback of yapping a little bit. People are going to take shots at you, especially a receiver. Yeah. Um, that diff- that's different than lime interpreting each other. But then I tell you, man, the other side of the coin is he's our leader. And I feel like guys follow him and they're going to play for him and run through a brick wall for him. So, I mean, I, I-, I can see, once again, both sides of the coin there. So I-, I love what he brings to the team. He brings a swagger. And an attitude, and as long as you're playing at a high level, I'm cool with it. Back, I mean, talk your talk, man. Do it. As he said, I don't know who started it, but I finished it. We got the W. I know that's right. Isn't that great? Love yeah, that. Man. It's it's something we haven't. I mean, once again, I keep saying that you know, teams have started off hot and fell off. I just and I, do people. Like we talked about before a couple of weeks ago, the Steelers started 10-0 and, and then lost like all the games down the stretch a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. If you would have told the Steelers when they were 8-0 that they're going to fall, you, you see what I'm saying? Like I, I'm sure in the moment, 
all the good teams that start well feel like that they're going to do it, right? Sure. You know, like all those years that the New England Patriots won all those games. I mean, one one year they went undefeated with Randy Moss and other years that they finished 12 and 4 and 13 and 3 and 14 14 and 2 and all this stuff. You I'm sure they felt just like the Steelers felt like, hey, we're going to win this thing. Like, you can't anticipate nothing like that happening, huh? You can't. You you can't, I don't think. Now, the Steelers, people were doubting them a little bit when they started off that hot because they're like, well, we're not sure exactly how they're doing this. The schedule seems weak. But yeah, I, I don't think anybody in that locker room thought that they were going to start losing. Hmm. For sure. You know what else is interesting? All of those years when the Patriots would lose a game early in the season and everybody would be ready to bury them. Yeah. Like, oh, the dynasty is over. And then they'd go to another Super Bowl. Yeah. It's like the Chiefs last year. The Chiefs started off the first six weeks of the season. They started off slow and mm-hmm. they were buried. The Rams last year didn't win a game in December. And people are like, well, they're done. Yeah. It's hard to predict these things. No, you're totally right, man. And some of it is you can look at their schedule. I, I'm looking at some of these teams with these records, and I'm seeing who they beat. And I'm just like, okay, man, y'all ain't really beat anybody. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's what everybody said about the Bills last year. You know, yeah, that's what they were saying about us, you right. know. And so now I'm like, okay, man, get by the Jets, then we'll talk about Vikings next week, you know. Then the Browns, Lions, Patriots. They see, we're going to go through a long stretch. And then the way the Bengals look, shit. Oh, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm going to say that. Oh, that's going to be our bloopers. Um, <laughs> If you really look at the rest of the schedule, I mean, who really could beat us besides the Vikings? Well, who could or who will? That's very different. Well, yeah. I mean, who we're going to be favoring in every game. Yes, so, very clearly. Who could beat beat the Bills? The Vikings could. The Browns could. Anybody in the division can. Dolphins already did. Bengals could. Look at the circumstances in which the Dolphins see. No, like, oh my God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's well, just- you can't say the Dolphins couldn't beat the Bills because they did. Yeah, but it was extri- – yeah, okay, because I'm arguing now, but that's fine. I'm being on the minute. <laughs> but look at the circumstance. Like, that was extreme circumstances. Like, that was – like, Jacksonville to me was just a brain fart. Like, oh, okay, a brain fart. Like, all right, cool. It happens every year to teams. But the Miami game, I'm like, dude. Well, I guess I said that about Jacksonville, too. If we play them again next week, we'll beat them by 30. And and you're right. Tua's back, and Tua looked good this weekend. So I can't say that. You're right. That's fair. Sure. That's fair. We'll, we'll be favored, but they can beat us. That That's fair. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Bills will be favored in every single game, but there are definitely teams that have no shot. The Lions and the Bears, like, literally no shot at, at beating Buffalo. Yeah. The other teams, if things fall their direction, Bills have an off day, it, it could happen. Or I will say it again. It happens to every good team every year where they drop one or two games because they just don't pull it together. If well, Josh that, Allen has well, yeah. an entire game like he had in the second half against Green Bay, it's an, it's a possibility. He threw two interceptions. What if he throws four? If he throws right. four, it's awfully tough to win. No, you're right. And we would have lost that game 17 to 14 or 17 to 10 or something like something that. You're like right. That, right. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. You know, if Devin Singletary decides to put the ball on the floor and lose three fumbles in a game, you know, it, if the ball bounces the wrong direction a few times in a game, it, it the Bills might not have the ability to pull it off. And that could happen against any opponent. But I don't think that this is the type of team that looks past anybody. I think McDermott has them well coached. And like you said, as long as we stay healthy. Like that's my that's yes. my concern. You Are know? you worried about Jordan Poyer's injury? Yeah. I, I'm worried about it until I don't have to be worried about it. His wife but, on Twitter 
basically rolled her eyes and said, he'll be fine. This happened because he didn't wear his elbow brace. He's had a bad elbow all season. Didn't wear the brace this game. Hurt his elbow. Come on, Jordan. But hey, you see that uh, T. White got activated, right? He did. Yes, that's great news, right? Yeah, you bring him back. Arguably, well, was I probably second best player on the team? So yeah, I would say so. If you could bring him back slowly, get him some reps, man, and get him great going, man. Hopefully, he could, you know, help us along down the stretch. So yep. that was positive because I, I mean, the fact that it's like Christmas time because it's like they don't tell you anything. Like we don't know anything <laughs> until they tell us. So right. it's like, oh my God, it's like, you know, you know. So I'd like to shift gears here. And you asked me a question via text message about fandom. Yes. And I would love to dive into this. Would you mind for the listeners asking the question? Well, I asked, and I need to preface this is like, why? I'm sure you, when I text you, you're like, where, where is this coming from? I asked you. Do you from someone who's from the Buffalo area? You're from Rochester, right? Right. Our outside Buffalo, whatnot. Do you, as a Bills fan, part of Bills Mafia from Rochester, New York, look at a guy like me from St. Louis, who's a Subway fan? You know, not being from the area, do you look at me differently as part of Bills Mafia? And the reason why I ask that is because to all our listeners, we had a, a special on the Today Show. On Friday, where yep. they interviewed, you know, Bills Mafia, where did it come from, and all that. They came to the game, had Pinto Ryan and all those guys on there, um, and they said where it derived from, you know, and which I didn't know. Um, it came after, and I'm paraphrasing, but in 2010, when Stevie Johnson dropped that ball against the the Steelers, yep, and so I think. Uh, Adam Schefter had word from him, and then all Bills Mafia came to Stevie Johnson's, uh, you know, rescue and said, you know, we're a mafia. Yeah, we're a mafia. We stick together, you know, thick as thieves, you know, and that's where it derived from, which I didn't know until I saw the special. Yeah. Um, and so that that makes so everybody's there. They talk about the community part, the things that uh, we advocate for and raise money for is a sense of community. So then that had me thinking. I was like, well, I wonder, you know, because I'm not from there. I've only been to Buffalo what maybe four times my whole life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that sense of community that you all have being from there is different. So then I was just thinking, I'm like, I wonder how you feel being from there, you know. So. Tell me what you think and then reach out to us on Twitter too, you know? Absolutely. Please do. At him, at big underscore newt. I am at the Jamie D'Amico. I really want to hear what people have to say about this. But one of the things that makes Bill's Mafia special is that unlike other teams that have more of a national following, Bills fans can relate to each other based on being from a similar area that it's shrinking rust belt towns that gets questionable weather. There's not a lot to do. So people really dive in wholeheartedly into their Buffalo Bills fandom and, and Sabres fandom too along the way. So there is this interesting geographic sense of community that oftentimes comes along with being a Buffalo Bills fan. But other teams, take the Dolphins, Cowboys, Raiders, Giants, Niners, uh, teams that have a long track record of success, uh, the Patriots, Bears, they have a lot of nationwide fans but it doesn't make anybody less of a fan because they're from somewhere else. It means you can't relate on every subject matter, like the snow and the food, and maybe you haven't tailgated as often as other people. But going to games isn't necessarily a barometer of somebody's fandom either. Because if there's distance, if there's economic factors, if there's physical limitations, if there's family obligations, jobs that don't allow it, you just can't do it. So I would say you could be part of Bill's Mafia from anywhere as long as 
you love your bills, you contribute to the community because big part of being part of Bill's Mafia is donating to causes. And if you are willing to say go Bills on the street when you're in another city to anybody else wearing Bill's gear, damn it, you are in. Are you laughing? I am laughing because it's so easy to make you happy. <laughs> Your standards of fandom is so low. And we've talked about this at nauseum. And I and I want to talk about something real quick. Um Simone obviously is getting recruited. All right. And it's a, a college because we literally talk to college coaches like every day, right? Jesus. And so it's it's a school. I'm not gonna say who it is, but it's a school that's recruiting uh Simone and they have a young coach on their staff. And so she found out because you know obviously they're gonna go to our social media because once again I told you this summer when you call when it's dealing with recruiting is half the kid and half the parents right and so they make sure you ain't crazy they go to your so so she was like oh you're a Bills fan you got a you know a podcast I'm like yes yes ma'am I do and then he's like oh I'm a Bills fan too get right? out of here yes and but she's young though she's fresh out of college and so I say she might be twenty three maybe twenty four okay. she's young. She's like, yeah, every Sunday I host games. So when you all come up on a visit, you stay Sunday. We can watch the Bills play. You no know, way. once again, trying they, to get this that. This isn't real. Oh, I promise you. I, I put this on me and you. And, yeah, I put it on my kids. All right, all right. All right. And so, you know, they're obviously trying to get that. You know, whenever you – it's like with life. When you talk to somebody at a bar or you talk to somebody, you try to get a line of, um, you know, common interest. Oh, that, sure. now, so now it makes these uncomfortable talks. Now it makes it, you know, but it's never uncomfortable for me because I can talk to anybody. As long as you ain't talking crazy, I can talk to you, you know. Yep. Um, but it makes this uncomfortable courtship more bearable. Mm -hmm. So we started talking about <laughs> Bill's football for a little while. And you know what I did, being an elder statesman in Bill's Mafia, yep. I asked her a couple of prerequisite questions. I was like, oh, so you're a Bills fan. How long you been a Bills fan? Oh, I've been a Bills fan for about, eh, about 10 years. Like, oh, okay. I was like, who's our coach? I stopped like all the giggling and all. I was like, who's our coach? And then Simone <laughs> looked. Like, you I turned on believe. a dime on her, dude. Oh, I turned on a dime, bro. And I've I'm seen like, your facial expression. <laughs> you like get this half smile and you squint at people. You're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's our coach? And she was like, saw me there. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I was like, who's our quarterback? <laughs> she, was like, well. she was like, Josh Allen. I was like, oh, okay. But see, these are the questions leading up to the next things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm giving you easy ones and then they eventually get harder. You know what I'm saying? So I oh. asked her a little bit about our personnel. I said, who did we play last week? And then I was like, well, all right, Josh Allen's our quarterback. Who was our quarterback before that? She's like, it was Tyrod Taylor, but then we had Nathan Peterman. And I was like, all right, I'm cool. All right, so uh, after yeah, she, that, she passes. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? But if she would have been like, I don't know, or whatever, I would have been like, and this still would have been cool, but I just would have looked at her kind of side eye. So it's not as easy to please me when you talk about Bill's Mafia. No, it's not. Else. But you know? okay, I'm going to ask you, and and this, oh geez, this this might be a tough like societal question, but it seems to be in some ways, part of human nature to be exclusionary. You know, you're not blank enough. You're not fan enough. You know, you're not, um, you're not, you're not as smart as the other kids in the honor program, honors program. So you're not smart enough. Okay. You don't belong. Are yes. you doing that to people? When it comes to fandom, probably. Okay. And I, and, I, and I really admit it. Let me tell you something. Hold on. I'm going to tell you something good. I'm going to give you some good stuff, right? So you had, we're going to talk about Halloween before we get off of here, right? But what sure. I do, um, what did I do for Halloween? I went and got my one-year physical yesterday. And I've been going to this doctor's office for like four years, right? And so this is leading to what you're saying. So just bear with me real quick. Every time I come in, because I only go to the doctor once a year. Thank God I'm fairly healthy. I'm just overweight, but I'm fairly healthy. So I only see these people once a year. But every year I come in there and we, you know, me and because the doctor's from New Orleans, so we got that tie. You know, when I first met him, 
I got them uh, some autographs from guys that I knew play for the Saints, whatever. Cool. You know, try to, you know, hey, man, you know, if you, I give you these autographs, maybe some tickets, then maybe if I need some medication, I don't have to go through, you know, whatever. I try to make friends. You know, I want to have a guy. I want to have a guy. And so they, the nurses always try to vet me. And what I mean by vet means I come in there with my Jordans. I come in there, I guess, with a little swag. They always try to figure out what I do. So yesterday I went in there, I had my Florida State uh, sweatshirt on. And she was like, oh, Florida State, huh? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I thought you was a Notre Dame fan. I'm like, I am, but I worked at Florida State. Oh, you used to work at Florida State? Oh, okay. And so then I'm waiting for the doctor, and he comes in. He was like, yeah, you, the nurse said something about you in sport management. And I'm like, yeah, I, I used to work at Florida So I knew that they were talking about it in the office, yeah. you know, before they came in. And so – what I'm saying is they're trying to figure out what I, because I told them, they was like, what do you do for a living? I like, I have a podcast. And I'm like, here's the name of it. Look it up. Oh, so then they ask me questions about So I'm saying all that to say is that they're trying to vet me. And I feel like society does this. I'm saying all this to say, I feel like society always want to figure out what you do for a living to vet you to see how they're going to treat you. Hmm. Right? That's the thing. Think about it. When you go to dinner parties, you go to bar, oh, what do you do for a living? And then you think it is just casual conversation, but people ain't doing nothing but vetting you and they're trying to size you up to see how much respect they should give you. That's hmm. all it is. And I and, and so I'm saying all that to say, I'm sorry I'm long-winded. I'm saying all that to say is I do that when it comes to Bill's Mafia. Because I, I really it. don't care what you do for a living. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't care really what you do. I mean, maybe we could network and maybe we could do business together, but I really don't care what you, most people don't know how much a person makes anyway. Right. Like you could be rich as hell, but you don't have a job because your family's well off. Your family might be giving you money. You can make investments. You could have won the lottery. So what you do for a living really doesn't like, but a lot of people treat you a certain way because they know what you do for a living, which is fine. That's our society. I do that when it comes to Bill's mafia. Because I know it's a lot of pretenders out there, so I'm just saying when you when you pretend with me, you better take you better watch yourself because yeah, I'm gonna ask you questions. So I don't know if it's um, like inclusionary. I just I don't know. I, I I guess I do it because if you're if you've been around like older people, like if you're 70 and you've been here since I don't know. Gilchrist and all them guys back in the seat. And then I'm going to show, hey man, I'm going to buy you a beer because you've been part of Bill's Mafia before me. It's kind of like a fraternity. When I meet an older alpha and we sit down and we talk history, I show respect to him because he's educating me. He's older. He's been in a fraternity longer than me. So I show him that respect. And then when I meet younger brothers and they meet me and we talk and everything, they wind up because they show respect towards me because I'm older. That's mm-hmm. how I do people in Bill's Mafia. If you're an older Bill's fan, then I sit down and I listen to you. And they talk about the old days. They talk about the rock pile. They talk about the... And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Here, man, get this guy a beer. This dude been in it longer. So that's why I do it more than anything. So I understand. I, I think what I'm hearing you say is if somebody claims to be a fan, you want them to actually be a fan. A person who pays attention to the team, right? Yes. Okay, so... I'll give you an example of of how a person can claim to be a fan but not actually be one. This is my former roommate Maya. Maya was awesome. One of the one of my good friends, great roommate, claimed to be a Boston Red Sox fan. And she's like, "Oh, you're a Yankee fan." Ooh, boo. I'm like, "Okay, okay, whatever." Well, this was a year that the Red Sox went to the World Series. They it's when they beat the Cardinals. Three days after the Red Sox won the World Series, she came to me and decided she wanted to talk smack because she just found out that her team, that she claimed was her team, won the World Series. I'm like, wait a minute. You're a fan who did not watch a single game of the World Series, who didn't even know that they won the World Series until three days later, and now you're going to talk smack? Nope, I am not having this. Nope, you are not actually a fan. No way. No way. No way. You should have had zero tolerance for that. So, and, and I didn't, I just, I, I shut that one down and it was, <laughs> it was very, you know, it was lighthearted and good natured, mm-hmm. of course, because uh, it, it was a good friend of mine. And, you know, you talk smack to your friends, but you also don't skewer them too badly. Right. 
And that's the thing, though, and and I want to keep reiterating this. If you're a bandwagon, because we talked about bandwagon fans, and I know it sounds mean when I do that, when I vet you, but I don't ridicule you. I just probably won't listen to you. Because you know in society, a lot of people like to talk. A lot of, especially when you're in social settings, like bars, you at a game, people like to talk. And mm-hmm. so you have to vet people who are full of crap versus people who really know what they're talking about. Because they could be one and the same. They could look just the same. And so mm-hmm. that's why I have these questions or I have these things. So, no, I do, I don't agree with you when you said economically, your fandom like, if you've never been to Buffalo, because maybe you couldn't be there, because, well, I'm not going to say I disagree. I'm just saying I push back a little bit because I have a friend, one of my best friends, and he might even hear this. He's a Steelers fan and been a Steelers fan since we were kids. He had little Steelers boots, snow boots. Still remember it to this day. <laughs> but he's never been to Pittsburgh before. He's never been to Pittsburgh. Now, granted, he can run off their history. He got all the books. He know all the lineage. He He's a historian when it comes to Steelers. But he never been to Pittsburgh. Does that make and him so, not a fan, though? And so I ring him about it all the time. I'm like, and you have money. He has a great job. They, Him and his lovely wife, they travel often. But you never been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, hmm. I look at you a certain way because of that. Because when I, And I'm saying that to say is, if you've never been there, then how do you know the culture? How do you know what it is to be like you've never been to the stadium so you can't even talk about it you could like at least i could say oh i've been to buffalo four times i could tell you something about it we went to the, yeah the, you the could be like floor. i could tell you just how white kim pagula's teeth are yes and that 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 that, that place you and i went to the the dino whatever dinosaur the, barbecue dinosaur at least i could say something i know pinto rob <laughs> like i i could tell you like oh okay yeah right there in the parking lot it's the building it says bill's mafia like i could tell you those things like to me if you don't never if you I, if you never smelled it if you never seen pinto ryan get the ketchup with your own eyes i just think some of those things is pretty rare now if you ain't got it and I'll know that, but most, I mean, come on, most people of our, I mean, I don't know nobody personally in my life who can't do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't do, know that. Do so, I have the right to tell you that because you're not from close enough to Buffalo and I'm from Western New York that you can't really be a fan? You, you can have that opinion. And if you walk away, cause I'm sure it has been people who say, Oh, where are you from? Cause you know, when, when you first went to the bar, everybody asked you, Oh, where are you from? That's, that's, you know, asking like, they expect where you, you to say a town name, a town name. I'm like, no, I'm from St. Louis. And then what's their next question is, well, how did you become a Bills fan? Well, I right, came because it's, fan. it's interesting. It's <laughs> right. You know, because people, the bills don't have a big national following. So it, it is always interesting to me when somebody from out of the area is like, oh, I became a Bills fan for this reason. Right. I became a Bills fan because Henry Jones lived down the block from me. Exactly. That's awesome. Jared, Jared who was our illustrious leader for many years, uh, he's not. He's from Maryland. I didn't even know that. I always thought he was from Buffalo. He turned to me one day was like, no, nah, man, I'm from Maryland. I just became a Bills fan. He was president of the Bills backers for many years. Yeah, do you know that story? Uh-uh. Super Bowl 25 was the first football game he ever watched, and they said, you have to pick a team that you want to root for. He said, okay, oh, yeah. I'm rooting yeah. for the Bills, and that was it was done that moment. Exactly. That's how he, <laughs> he stuck with it. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're from that area, I'm sure people might disregard it. Like, man, he ain't from here. He ain't one of us. I, I've never experienced that. It may be because it's me. I think a lot of it is I'm a big, burly, happy guy. Um, I think some of it is because I, I remember the first time I went to the Bills game, and I talk about this often real quick. I know we got to wrap up, but the first time I went to Buffalo, I went by myself. I was in South Bend for the Bush Push game, Notre Dame in uh, USC. And so we lost that game. So I got mad. I got in the car and I drove to Buffalo. It's they had not a, a short drive. It's not at all. Oh. I drove to Cleveland. One of my friends lived there. And I left Cleveland the next morning at like 3 o'clock in the morning and drove to Buffalo. Right? And we played the Jets. It was Willis McGay. He had a great game that game. Because I went to school with a girl who was friends with a girl that knew somebody on the team. And he got me a ticket. Uh, what's my boy name? He was a receiver. Uh, 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 Roscoe Parish. Oh, yeah. Parrish. So a girl I went to school with was best friends with a girl that Roscoe Parish knew, and he got me a ticket. 
the day before the game, right? So I was like, all right, I'll go to Buffalo. I went to Buffalo, right? I'm just walking around, didn't know nobody. I had my, <laughs> I had the famous OJ Simpson shirt jersey on, and somebody was like, Jews, Jews. And I'm looking around like, who are you talking about me? He's like, yeah, come here. And came over. I don't even remember these guys' names. They gave me food, gave me beer. I drank and ate good, hung out with them, went to the game by myself. We won the game. I drove back to uh, South Bend, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and I'm saying all that to say is, I don't know why I'm saying all that to say. What did you ask me? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just off track now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah. But anyway, tying it back in, though, yes, I feel like that you should make the pilgrimage to your home stadium. I think that's a prerequisite for anyone that's not a college age student. If you okay. and my thing is, if you don't, then you bet not be talking about you going to Jamaica or you going to Daggum Paris and nothing like that. And you ain't never been to your home game. Then I'm looking at you side eye. Okay, but if I'm not from there, if I'm not from there, and you question it, I can see that you like you ain't really one of us. I I can understand that. I'll be a out of town cousin. I ain't got no problem with that. I'm a cousin from out of town. Well, man, <laughs> if you root for the team hard. If you partake as a community in Bill's Mafia, I have I have room for you. That's because you're easy. Yeah, you're easy to satisfy. Big slut over here. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap us up, buddy. Give us a song. Hey, I just want to say real quick, man. Um, R.I.P. to take off. One third of the uh, rap group Migos, we lost him this weekend. Senseless violence. So I want to say R.I.P. to take off. Um, and yeah, big game against Jets in the Meadowlands. So hey, 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 let's go Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs>